What is Jordan McLaughlin's favorite Thanksgiving side dish? J-Mac and cheese. Who is the Timberwolves' first overall pick's favorite family member to visit over Thanksgiving? His aunt. What is Anthony Edwards' favorite thing about Thanksgiving? Football. What does D'Angelo Russell say when he opens the refrigerator door on the day after Thanksgiving? D-Leftovers. Welcome to episode 140 of Wolves Cast, the show that would like an extra helping of front court defense at this year's Thanksgiving meal. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Wolves Cast. Another week, another show. Creep it ever closer to the start of training camp and, yes, the start of another abbreviated NBA season. I'm so excited. Oh, it is, it is upon us. We are, uh, yes, we are now less than a month away from regular season basketball games happening. We are like a week away from training camp. It's all happening. And we mostly, mostly know what the rosters are now. Last week, yeah. we, uh, you know, obviously reacted to the draft and the acquisition of Ricky Rubio, but we were, uh, you know, released that pod right before free agency started, and we thought there would be, uh, you know, most of the activity would be taken care of relatively quickly just because, you know, the abbreviated time until the start of the season, and we were not wrong. Most of the... Most of the big stuff has been taken care of. I mean, I guess Anthony Davis still a free agent, but <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He You're said right. he wanted to wait till Thanksgiving. I forgot. And think it over. Forgot about him. It's been such a sort of done deal, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's just wh- how does he want to structure his contract? Yeah. Is the only question. I mean, we all know he's going back to the Lakers. Uh, but yes, it has been a wild ten days, really, of a flurry of action between uh, between the draft. And then, yeah, that sort of weekend, uh, last weekend's madness of free agency, where everything basically happened from Friday to Sunday, right? That was sort of the time period, and now it's done. <laughs> a lot of free agents of former Wolves, though. Oh. T- Taj Gibson, free yeah. agent. Yep, yep. Shabazz Napier. Oh, they're still out there. AT, Anthony Tolliver. Oh, went to went to Rome, went to the Vatican. That's right, met the Pope. But <laughs> come back with a little of that the Holy Spirit in him. Jamal Crawford, I don't know if he'll get a team again, you know, oh. but he played in the bubble for the Nets. For injuring himself, Michael Beasley probably not going to be on an NBA team again. Gr three is still out there. Glenn Robinson oh, the that third. Is, that one's surprising. He'll him, he'll get somewhere. Him and Napier too. That I would I would pick up. Troy Daniels free agent. Mm. Uh, Luke Mbamute free oh, yeah. agent, and most importantly, Jordan McLaughlin. Oh, still a free agent. Still out there. Maybe the Wolves can um, maybe get him back. Get it done, Rosas. Although honestly, I mean, we'll talk about J Mac a little bit on this pod, but yeah. uh, with our just the balance of our team, we really don't have any more minutes for another guard. So that's right. It would be in a very much of uh, you know breaking case of emergency right. type of situation. But you know, <laughs> it happens. If there were an emergency, he would be the guy I would want to pull out of the broken glass <laughs> that's right that's how it goes uh yeah so today on the show uh here in front full court press we're going to talk about all the uh signings that the wolves had uh the, as limited as they were signing i wasn't the trade. only one dropping mad money this week oh bought a house everybody Scott, Scott bought a house bought and moved into a house uh, so after uh, saying i would never get into d- crazy debt again mm, I, I signed that you're in sign those papers 30 years yeah, that's right 30 years 2050 uh, i'll be free but uh yeah so send all uh yeah send all uh you know housewarming gifts to the wolf's cast studios we'll make sure scott gets it um so yeah we have a sponsor uh then we're going to do worry not worried that's a segment we like to do uh sort of you know kind of preseason, and especially now as the roster is kind of looking set we gotta look at what we're worried and not worried about there's just a lot of things to be anxious over right now oh, so yeah. we're, we're going to tell you whether or not you need to be worried about these things that's right and then weekly wolfies in the game that is all the amazing stuff you have to look forward to on this episode of wolf's cast just just settle in you know you got a long weekend probably you know you're hanging out who knows what your situation is but maybe you're waiting in in. line outside a department store (laughs) hopefully not yeah just do it online this year folks right yeah not worth it get that ps5 elsewhere maybe uh to our international fans who are in countries that have the virus under control (laughs) yeah they're out and about shouts to you guys seeing people you're smarter than we are you got this um but yeah lots to talk about here so yeah let's get into full court press Here's the tip. All right, we got to start with the big one, the big fish, the big, uh, the big dollar amount, the most money that the Wolves spent this uh, offseason, this free agency period, went to one Malik Beasley, Scott, uh, four-year, $60 million 
contract extension in restricted free agency uh, team option in the fourth year. So, you know, if you, if you take out that year, it's more like uh, three years, 45 uh, as far as what's guaranteed. But the Wolves went for it, you know, uh, not, not, not necessarily surprising that he's coming back, but a lot more money than I think, uh, you know, people thought. But I guess you could say that about the whole free agency period. You know, I think people thought it'd be more of a constricted market overall, but lots of players got maybe more than what people thought would be out there this year. Well, I think, you know, there's a situation where, I mean, if you compare him to like, Berton's got five mm. years, eighty million. Right, right. Joe Harris got four years, seventy-five million. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and so it's this is kind of comparable to that, you know. Um, yep. But you know, in all three situations, it was one of those things where they had the bird rights and they had to overpay to keep him because they were in a cap situation where. You know, it's not like they could be like, okay, I don't want you, Joe Harris. I'll go sign somebody else. Who else? You can't yeah. do that, yeah. you know, because yeah. you're just trapped in the cap. And yeah. So, I mean, that's what's happening here. Um, you know, Malik gets all that money. I don't even think he had to pay bail this week. I think they released him without bail. That's right. So, yeah, he has his, court, his hearing. Saving all that money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it's still up in the air. What's going to happen with uh, his hearings and his court date and all that stuff, I think, uh, it's mm-hmm. happening right before the season starts. It's okay. the next time he's in court. It's I like see. December like 20th or something. So mm. uh, hopefully that one hangs over things with, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. It'll be a kind of Not a storyline. Yeah. But uh, just in terms of the money, I mean, like you said, yes, we were kind of expecting him to come back. Uh, I think I was hoping it would be for less. But realistically, if I were to be honest with myself, I always thought it would be something like this. I was kind of hoping it would be a little less than this. But also, it could have been worse. Uh, you know, I think that the Timberwolves obviously felt like it would have been worse because they didn't wait for another team to offer. You know, it's a lot of times with yes. a restricted free agent, you say, go see how much money you'll get, get offered. Offer. Yeah. And that way, maybe you get offered less than we were thinking of signing you for and then we can get you cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't want to test that market because, you know, the Knicks are pretty much the only team with a bunch of cap space, but they were reportedly interested. And so you don't want them offering four years, 70 million, four years, 75 million, and then us being like, oh, geez. And no option in that deal, potentially. So, so it's hard yeah. to know the leverage that Beasley yeah. had because we said, you know, he's squandered a lot of that leverage with the way he's behaved this offseason. That's right. But, um, you know, apparently the, the team felt like they needed to get this done. And, you know, we shouldn't, uh, you know, you you mentioned it before. We shouldn't overlook the importance of a team option. Oh, yeah. That's like one of the best uh, deals in sports for teams because oh, yeah. it's either he's like you know totally worth that money, and then you exercise that option, and you get him for relatively cheap. Uh, for an extra year, or he's not worth it, and then you can just come, you know? Yeah, the easier way to kind of look at it, that w- whether it's a team option or a player option, is assume that that entity will make the right decision for them, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you want, Although, as the team... a few you, players you, who t- turned down options, and I was like, ooh, I wouldn't yeah, have done really. that, buddy. Yeah, but yeah, so as the team, you want that option because it leaves all the cards in your hand, and you get to pick. Um, so, yeah, maybe you pay a little bit more uh, on the on the guaranteed years to be able to have that option there at the end and so yeah i think it's a good the wolves got that but as we've seen you talk about harris talk about some of these other guys shooting gets you paid right now in the nba you know because that's obviously his elite premier skill is his ability to shoot the three and uh guys like that uh, are high in demand right now even if uh you know they're kind of one-way players or something like that so yeah uh yes yeah, true you got to kind of look at the relative worth because yeah you know for someone who's as one-sided as malik you mm-hmm. know you're like wow it's Quite a bit of money for him, but at the same time, I guess he's really young still. There's still yeah. that. He's like 23 or something, so yep, yep. he's younger than I think he is. And yeah. uh, so he's obviously got a lot of room to grow as a, over the course of this deal. And hopefully, yes. you know, we'll see him defend better than he did in Minnesota uh, last season. I think that's mm-hmm. hard to hold against him. Uh, at that point, the season was pretty much lost, and we didn't have Cat, and it was, let's just have the new guys get used to each other. So I don't think there was a saying. lot of defensive <laughs> standards to be holding them to. So hopefully we'll see him try a little harder in that category going forward this year. Absolutely. Let's see. Do we have a, yeah. Malik Beasley. He should just shoot it every time he touches it. And he, you know, he might very well do that, especially because, you know, the overall balance of the roster is kind of weird. Very heavy on guards. AKA yeah. Slash wings. I guess you can call them wings if yeah, uh, you want to. But, you yeah. know, they're all kind of more the size of guards. When I think of a wing, I really want them to be like 6'7 to 6'9. Uh, but, you know, it's who you can defend, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Beasley, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I think, yeah, the whole, uh, to me, that is one of the more intriguing things about this training camp that's approaching and sort of the early 
early days and into the preseason is sort of seeing how that uh, how that sort of you know guard log jam works itself out, and that's really going to be something to watch for the whole season, and something that I think, frankly, Ryan Saunders has his hand full, his hands full with. Yeah. You know, we'll maybe touch on it later on, but you know, you got a lot of mouths to feed. Well, you know? now that we have most of the roster figured out, I mean, obviously someone might be added among the edges. Yeah. We still have the mid level exception, whether we use that or we don't use that, so we can absorb salaries later down mm-hmm, the line mm-hmm. in terms of trade season. We'll see, but I think most of the big names uh, have been signed for the season, yeah. and so. So who do you think should be the starting lineup and what do you think the starting lineup will be? Yeah, I would, you know, I don't know. you got to say Cat is in the starting lineup and D'Lo's in the starting lineup, no oh, doubt. Right. Those two are definitely in the starting lineup. And then for me, I've seen this kind of posted around and stuff trying to figure it out. To me, Anthony Edwards has to be in the starting lineup. Really? Okay. I, I, I mean, I get it. It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not a normal sort of lottery. I mean, the Wolves are so bad. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's sort of weird that they already have kind of these two guys already in place, so maybe you don't. But I'm trying to think of like the last number one pick that didn't start, and it's like. I don't know. I think you got to start him if you don't. I mean, especially with the idea of like you kind of picked him with a little bit of need in mind anyway, (laughs) with a little bit of fit as much as the front office wants to downplay that. You know, they want to say he was their best player available and all that stuff. But you you didn't pick Ball and you didn't pick Wiseman, you know, at least somewhat because they were redundant with your two best players. So. Come on, start him. Now, the question is where he starts and who the other two players are to me, because you could go a lot of different ways with it. But as I'm thinking about it right now, I would go Russell. Um, I would go, uh, you know, Edwards at the two. Um, I would do actually Culver at the three. Okay. Uh, Hernan Gomez in Towns. That would be mine, just just to mix up the skill sets. I mean, obviously, Beasley is maybe a little bit better than, than Culver is at this point. But just with the, uh, you know, seasoning that Culver still needs to get, and then you mix in a little defense, yeah. <laughs> at least a little bit of defense into that starting lineup with Culver. Yeah, you know, I think that ideally I might be more interested in a starting lineup with Ricky and D'Lo starting next to each other. Interesting, I yeah. think Beasley's just a natural sixth man, you know. I know totally. he, he doesn't want to be that. Even with this contract, though. Even, yeah. I'm, again, I'm going to be posting a lot, but you know, I know you just watch Mad Men, but the meme of that's what the money's for. Right, exactly. Like, listen, man, you really you're going to bitch about being on the bench? Sorry, man. Like, we, we get, You got paid. You got paid a ton of money, and uh, yeah, maybe you don't want your $15 million player come off the bench but i think lots of teams do that That's well just we're the, either gonna have our 15 million dollar player coming off or the bench, 17. or our 17 million dollar yeah. player ricky rubio there's gonna be money someone on the yes, bench yeah you know? so yeah like you're saying i like that skill set coming off the bench and just because you're coming off the bench doesn't mean you're playing less minutes necessarily than, right. than whoever the other two guard is or maybe you're still closing games uh you know that type of thing so you, your point is taken yeah there. so i think i would like if it were my ideal world uh Hmm, maybe I might even like Layman at the four starting if it was yeah, my ideal world. I didn't consider it. So ideally, I think I'd like Ricky, Russell, Okogie, Layman, Towns. Yeah. I think what we're going to get is uh, Russell, Beasley, like you said, Edwards, Wancho, Towns. Yeah. Although, because like once you said, like you said, you know, usually number one pick is, uh, kind of assumes that they'll start. But if there was any kind of like, if there is a log jam you have to figure out right now, this would be the one time where you could go to Anthony Edwards and be like, hey, you're brand new. You're cutting your teeth. So just just for the start of the season. Yeah. Let's have you come up. I could see that. I, I won't be incensed if he doesn't start the season starting the, the uh, starting the games. But at least a few, you know, a month in or something, I feel like you got to get to that point. If if you don't think he can start on an NBA team right now, why would you pick him number one overall? Like I, I, I just don't get it. Even if he's not totally ready, you got to throw him out there. You got to find out what you have here. And if we're going, you know, uh, Russell Beasley, Wancho, Cat, you would like someone in the starting lineups who could play a little bit of defense. Sure. You know, that's why you're saying like Edwards. I mean, maybe he'll be good on defense. It's hard, but rookies usually struggle on defense. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, the idea of having Okogi or Culver there would be like, well, at least. We have one guy on the floor who can defend yeah. at a somewhat average level. <laughs> there you go. All right. Anything else on Beasley, Scott, before we move on uh, to our next guy? Uh, no. Let's, let's go on to number two. He's hitting up. All right. Wancho Hernan Gomez, second signing of the offseason. Same thing here. Restricted free agency. You know, Wolf traded for him late last season. You know, spent out, you know, send out Covington and number one pick, you know, would be able to uh, bring in these guys. So, you know, it was very likely that both were coming back. Um, and uh, it is the case with Hernan Gomez. Uh, the Spaniard uh, gets a three year, $21 million contract extension. Team option again in the third, in the last year here for Hernan Gomez. So, two years, $14 million guaranteed. Again, nice. Nice uh, business here to kind of, you know, maybe overpay a little bit, but this is less so, I think, for an overpayment. But, uh, you know, I think they're both probably overpaid by $3 million per year. You know, I think like 
Uh, Wancho's going to make seven million per. I'd feel better if he's making four. Signing for four million. <laughs> That's almost the minimum, you know. Like, I, I just don't know who's who is who are we competing? Well, against, yeah, exactly. You know? With both these guys, you could say there was no other offer out there. Yeah, you know. So yes, which is why I think you know, and I think you know, people will raise the point that at their contract values, they're good to you know plug into a trade later. Right. Unfortunately, I think if you're overpaying both of them, then they become slightly negative assets in the trade, and you have to throw in like a they're first like, round pick to make up for the fact that you're giving two over paid contracts yeah, they're more like filler than positive assets right you're not yeah, yeah exactly so i think that there's it's still bad to overpay them but people will argue with these contracts it'll be easy to plug into a superstar trade if we're able to ever make one and roses seems like by all means to be a guy who's trying to improve through trades That's and right. not free agency especially because he capped us out pretty much for next off yeah, season even as next well season, yeah. so and i mean honestly i i respect that approach we know no free yeah. agent ever signs here <laughs> unless you wildly overpay them you yeah know? yeah even if we had all the money in the world right it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We yeah. need the only the cap's only relevant to us in terms of trades because yeah. that's the only way we're acquiring real talent. So I get all of that, but I do think that there was the sunken cost fallacy in play here, mm-hmm. where Rosa said, "Well, we traded a first rounder, we you know, Roko or whatever that whole big yep. trade day, you know, yeah. we traded a first we're rounder in. to get these guys in. If we let them go after playing 14 games with us for yeah. nothing." You know, then, then, so we have to sign them, which, you yeah. know, is the sunken cost thing where uh, you've already kind of lost that. You know, don't throw mm-hmm. b- bad money after good or whatever, yeah. you know, the yeah. saying is. Um, so I, I, I do think that happened here. But, you know, once again, it's, hard, it's like, hard to say necessarily if, you know, what was the other option? Maybe you could do a sign and trade with a team that yeah. wanted to throw the offer sheet at one of these guys. But, um, you know, I guess Rosas just said, I can't. I can't lose these guys for nothing. If I overpay them to stay, then at least we can do something down the road with them. Yeah, and Wancho, you know, I think you know Beasley really, really, really played well. You know, in those in those final weeks of the season, you know, post trade deadline and stuff like that. You know, shooting the ball really, I think, uh, you know, really kind of yeah, just played really well. And fans really kind of connected with him. He's really you know fiery, you know, out there, very very uh, proud of himself. Very lots of bravado out there. But Wancho, you know, he hit some shots. Did some things, but he shot know, like forty two percent from three. Definitely, yeah, you know, definitely With just less walls. less attempts, less volume than maybe Beasley got him up at. You yeah. know, so that's that's certainly again both these guys. Their main calling card is they're going to be able to stretch out that offense, you know, for Towns and and be able to uh, you know be a stretch threat. But with uh, with Wancho, especially, you know, both both these guys need to improve on defense. But I think so it, it's especially important for Hernan Gomez playing if you're going to play him alongside Towns and stuff. Like, has to be better defensively, and that is kind of what you're worried about. I think I'm not too worried about him being able to fill it up, get get some buckets, spread out the offense. But you know, can he reliably guard some of, especially some of the more like nimble? Uh, power forwards out there. You know, I think he's a pretty pretty good sized body. You know, he's not 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 enormous, but he's a four. You know, he's not a five, not even yeah, like a like, backup five. He's like six ten, I think. So, yeah. So you know. you know, I think he can hand up hand uh, handle things in the post a little bit. But can he move his feet? Can he can he uh, rotate? Can he uh, you know stay with a guy laterally and stuff like that? If he's you know going up against some of the bigger threes or fours in the league, switching maybe in a three or four situation. That is where you kind of are, are wondering where things are going to go as far as what Wancho can bring. Answered all table. your questions, Neil, is no. Right. No, he yeah. can't do that. Yes. Yeah, right. We shouldn't expect that of him. Yeah, know? yeah. So uh, Vanterpool is going to have his work cut out for him next season because trying to get a, st- uh, a workable defense out Ooh. of this squad is almost impossible. Well, yeah, and you know, I kind of, yeah, it was it was not good last year, obviously, and so yeah, you wonder where that improvement's going to come from this year, whether it be you know internally or you know whether you hope Rubio can bring some of that in here, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any, there's no, there's no way around the Wolves are they're not going to have a good defense next year. It's and, just a, or this year, it's just a matter of sort of like how bad will it get? <laughs> and I guess maybe you could you could say a, there could be an argument for leaning into your strengths. You know, you could you could have been like, you know, we'll have we saw last year what happens when you have a couple good shooters and a couple guys who could only play defense. It's just a mess across the board. Whereas if we lean really high into the offense, all offense, no defense, well, maybe that will be more effective than, you know. Slightly above average offense, yeah. Slightly below average defense. Well, and right now we 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 see that as far as the roster goes, but how that will all shake out as far as who plays, I think, is what's interesting, and that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Is like 
who you know who's actually going to play who who are they where are they going to actually focus this stuff when it comes to who's on the floor you yeah know? i think one thing we could be pretty sure of is we're going to be undersized you know especially once i saw they started the roco they deal. started roco at the four last right. year and it didn't, it didn't work out great for us <laughs> right. he, but he was smaller than we're afraid is. to do it yeah yeah and so he's definitely smaller than wancho so i feel like we're definitely going to be over undersized especially after the wancho deal i was like man what is Rosas doing? We need somebody who can play defense next to town, which brings us in to our next point. <laughs> Moving on. He's on fire. Uh, the final deal that we did this week is we traded Omari Spellman, Jacob Evans, and a 2026 second round draft pick to the Knicks for Ed Davis. Ooh. Did you see the Knicks press release about this? <laughs> led with the pick. They're led with the pick, like Knicks trade for a, a yeah. draft pick. And yeah. It was like, oh, poor Spellman, <laughs> poor Evans. They're, they are footnotes in this trade. Our <laughs> uh, Timberwolves has a lot of hate for Spellman, I've, I learned. You know, oh. he, uh, he threw a fit last oh, year, apparently, right. about yeah, yeah, getting yeah. sent down to the Not D good. League, didn't want to be on the Timberwolves. It's still the G League this year we'll I, I think so well, we're gonna call it the g league i think it's probably a long-term uh partnership it's so much better of a name than the d league <laughs> yeah. but um you know apparently he, he raised his stink about that and didn't want to be here mm. uh didn't hear anything negative about jacob evans yeah i always think that he's overrated or jacob evans is you know in my mind i overrate him because in nba 2k for some reason He's he's a prospect with a lot of potential. His oh. potential grade is he's like ranked. A plus. Oh wow! Huh. And so when you're playing like the my my GM mode, yeah, create a franchise. You and could, all that. like whenever you trade for like Devin Booker or something, Jacob Evans is in that <laughs> trade because for some reason he's yeah. like a star prospect. Every okay. for years that that game has been being like Jacob Evans is like a, a blue chip prospect. I guess he's got so. that A plus potential. And so in my head, I'm like. Wow. Gave up on him. Yeah. We gave I can't up believe early. we moved. I, I felt that way when I got him. I'm like, I can't believe they gave up on Jacob Evans. I can't believe we gave up on Jacob Evans. I'm we? like, wait a second. Maybe he's just not as good as the video game seems to think he is. Yeah, you're being polluted by 2K here. Yeah, anyone, any Timberwolves fans who have played my GM know you can get some stuff. You can get some good stuff back for Jacob Evans. All right, so Ed Davis joins the team. He's 31 years old. So this will be his 11th season in the NBA. And, you know, two years ago, he was fantastic in uh, Brooklyn. Um, has a good relationship on and off the floor with D'Angelo Russell. Saw some highlights. Lots of uh, nice D'Angelo Russell, like pocket passes to a rolling Ed Davis, that kind of thing. And then there were some quotes about uh, Russell and Davis kind of connecting and stuff like that. I think they have the same agent, um, a lot of that stuff, uh, which, well, maybe maybe there's a past agent because Townsend, Townsend Russell have the same agent now, right? Just Holberg. No, it's Townsend Booker. Oh, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, Just Holberg. Uh, but, yeah, so Russell, the connection there with Russell and Davis. Um, but, yeah, uh, lots of injuries last year. He was, so he moved on from uh, Brooklyn where he played in 1819, and then last year uh, went on to Utah where he played uh, last year's season, fractured his fibula uh, about Ooh, a year that's ago. That's a painful one. About a year ago. Yeah, only missed a month for that. That sounds like a much worse injury, I guess, than only yeah. missing a month. Must but, not have been a very severe fracture. Right, yes. Yeah, I suppose fracture yeah, is, is, uh, could be a lot of things. But uh, when he came back to the rotation, it was his spot was gone. Uh, Tony Bradley uh, was the new backup center for— Wally uh, Pipton. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah, back, backing up Go Bear. So, yeah, so we didn't really play him much anymore. And then he missed the bubble playoffs uh, due to a sprained MCL. So, hopefully, his knee is better. MCL is not, you know, it's not major, but it's not not fun. It's another so, word, sprained, where yeah, it can really yeah, yeah. be a, a Gradations, big difference between, yeah, yeah that, that's a spectrum right there. Yeah. So, yeah, well, hopefully, you know, Ed Davis can, you know, this is somebody who's coming in to rebound the ball and play defense, right? I. When I think of Ed Davis, I think of Basketball Jones and Tass Mellis was always all about Ed oh, Davis. Really? So I thought he was a younger player in my mind. And then I was like, wow, 11 seasons already. Oh. Time really does fly. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's a great locker room presence. So that's what everyone was great. raving about on Twitter was saying that he's going to be a great veteran presence, a great guy in the locker room. It's one of those things where if he's not playing very much, how much influence is his words going to have in the locker room? We'll have to remain and see. But either way, it seems like he's definitely going to be good for that. Uh, we were saying last week we needed some veterans on yeah. this team. Ricky was our only veteran, really, on the team. Yeah, and one more. Yeah, exactly. Think, so here's yeah, one more. I think Davis will be the oldest person on the team at 31. So yeah, you know, Ricky's absolutely. like 29 or 30. Yeah, I so. think he's like 30. So yeah, yeah. Th- those will be the old guys. But uh, you know, uh, I, I definitely and I support the idea of picking up someone for leadership yeah. for a vet, and also you know the one thing apparently he can do is defend bigs. Yeah, 
which is, you know, uh, you know, he can't really, he's not the ideal fit next to Towns because he can't really switch out and onto the perimeter. His he's subbing in for Towns. Yeah. He's subbing in for Towns or like, well, I was thinking about Towns before before we got Ed Davis. What I was thinking is, what are, what's going to happen when we play a team like the Nuggets? What's going to happen yeah, when we Lakers, play a team yeah. against like the Lakers or yeah. these teams that have, a, you know, a couple bruising big guys? It's yeah. like, oh man, Towns is just going to get his lunch taken, you know? And yeah. I was really worried about that because especially if you're not going to have any defenders around Towns, it's going to expose Towns on defense. You can't even expect him to be a good defender if you have such subpar defenders around him. And then what's going to happen is the national media, where his defense is already a a running joke in the national media, they'll they'll just say more and more, all offense, no defense. This Towns guy can't defend. He's an empty scorer. And then that's going to sour Towns' relationship with the team. So I was just thinking, you're you're really going to piss off Towns if you're not going to bring in a defender who can stand next to him and take on some of the weightier big guys in the league and it seems like we got that now with ed well the wolves haven't been able to really stop anybody yeah good good to have some defenders on this team so yeah uh, i think if we play a team where you know it's a couple bigs out there thankfully those teams are a little few few and far between right like not too many teams do that do that too much these days in the modern nba you know downsizing is is hip it gives us flexibility yes which is nice yes yeah i was trying to think too about you know because i believe with this uh shortened schedule and Mm -hmm. the travel and the covid concerns where there's a little bit more emphasis on playing in your own division right yep and it's toughest division in basketball the northwest division absolutely yeah your your trailblazers your jazz your nuggets who are in the conference finals last year could be home court advantage teams and hope and thankfully okc has taken a step back yeah and so they're they're one they're one of i think two teams that i think will for surely be worse than than the wolves that the other team being the kings yeah i think the wolves are the 13th best team in the west <laughs> right, like uh, you know, there could be a whole. I like your optimism. Depending on <laughs> how injuries break and stuff like that, but right now, I, I, I laid them all out the other night, and I was like, I think that's about right. Right, OKC and the Kings are probably below anybody else. They could be worse than the Wolves, but you wouldn't necessarily put them there preseason. Right, exactly. Pelicans, Spurs, maybe in that mix, but other than that, right, like that's that's about it. Like who else is that? Suns, no. Like uh, we'll we'll predict uh, what we think their final record yeah, will be when pre-season. we get closer to the season. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else on Ed Davis or any of these any of these guys? The lineup stuff like that. No, I, I think it was it was a very necessary addition. I was yeah, I like severely it. questioning Rosas's mentality after the watch out there. I'm like, oh, so we're not going to get anyone who can defend. Well, we got one. So yeah, we got some uh, matchup. Very Hopefully, he can here. stay healthy. He just needs to bounce back though. Last year was not good for Ed Davis, right? Like anybody who's thinking that he's going to come in here, be fractured great. fibia and sprained MCL, That's and bad. lost his job to somebody else. Like, uh, yeah, like Tony Bradley is not a big name in this league, and and the Jazz thought that Ed Davis was worse than him last year. How did year. he even get onto the Knicks then? <laughs> he was tra- the Utah traded him a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So gotcha. he, yeah. Uh, but that's how that happened. All right, let's uh, we'll keep talking uh, a little bit here about uh, about some other things and, and what we see for uh, for this uh, edition of the Timberwolves. But first, it is sponsor time, Scott. Let's uh, let's jump right into it here. Sponsor time. I'll start us off. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin is still a free agent. It appears he slipped through the cracks and has been forgotten as the totally solid third point guard that every team could use. Wolves fans, we know this better than any. McLaughlin, or as those of us in the know call him, J-Mac, was a fantastic piece for the team last year. Sure, he's only 5'11", and will turn 25 this season, but after lighting it up in the G League for two seasons, this man is an NBA-ready player. Absolutely. Now, take it from uh, two Wolves fans here, here on Wolvescast. Over the course of an NBA season, bad things can happen. Depth is important when key players get hurt, traded, or catch coronavirus. J-Mac played in the final 24 games for the Timberwolves last season, and while the Wolves took the L in 20 of those games, McLaughlin was not the reason why. So come on, NBA teams. This is a guy who deserves a roster spot. He's a good teammate with a nice beard. He shot over 38% from three on 2.5 attempts per game. He can even throw down some dunks from time to time. Who doesn't love little guys dunking? Jordan made only $80,000 last year and didn't ruffle a single feather. It's time for someone to pony up a real salary for this real man who wants to step up. Thank you to Jordan McLaughlin's agent for their support of Wolfscast. Up next, it's time for Worried Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. 
I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right, worried, not worried. The segment where Scott and I discuss topics and uh, let you know if we are worried or not worried about those things. Nas ain't worried about it. Nas Reed, I know you're not worried about it. You got a roster spot. You're the third center on this team. You know, Ed Davis doesn't work out. If Ed Davis's MCL doesn't work, Nas, you're in there. I feel like he might even still get more minutes than Ed Davis, even if, if Ed Davis Maybe. is healthy. You know, yeah, we'll find out. You know, you can't really know all this stuff I right mean, now. If under the right situation, you can get a good five-out offense going with the bench. You know, if you have yeah. Layman or even if you have Wancho and Nas, you know, being the four-five yeah. on the bench unit, He's got some shooters some shooting. Yeah. All right, worried, not worried. We have uh, we have four different uh, questions here. We're not worried things. about the shooting. No, no one's worried about the shooting. That has been shored up. We're good there. Now it's time to balance set things out a little bit. So first one here, Scott, worried or not worried, are you worried uh, that the Wolves will have a bottom five defense? Well, I'm not worried if will we, because I know we will. Okay. You know? Well, that's a, that's kind of it, straight up. It's, it will it's they definitely have it? happening. Wow, it will bottom be, five. I, I would lock that in over any other prediction. I just wow. – there are – Roughly like, not wrong. No. two or three players on this team who can defend, who are going to get minutes. And uh, of all the players on this team, there's only one two-way player on this entire team. Who would that be? Who can play both ends of the court, Scott? Who, who, is, who is that? I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. <laughs> He's the only guy who does good things for the offense and the defense. Otherwise, yeah. it's all offense, all defense. Yeah, We'll leave it up to the coaches to True. figure out the right alchemy with those lineups. But we will have a bottom five defense. I am... You know, I guess it depends on what your expectations are. If you think that the Wolves are going to be a team yeah. that's competing for most of the season for that eighth spot, you know, or at least I think they're going to do a play-in thing again this season. Yeah, they are. So if you want the Wolves to be one of those top ten teams in the West, then you're probably going to be bummed out, you know. And if you're someone who hates watching the Wolves go on long losing streaks, I think we all are, you're probably going to be bummed out by this. But here's the thing I'm wondering about is this is, you know, kind of a golden opportunity for the Wolves to get some sports fans to watch them because we're all going to be stuck at home. It's COVID ravaged in winter, you know. I guess I didn't see the numbers for the Twins, but I got to imagine that they had more people watching than normal because Mm. everyone's just stuck at home. And the TV stinks right now because everyone stopped filming, you know, (laughs) so there's not any good new television. And I think that sports are probably getting a big bump. Yep. And so you got to imagine there's going to be some Minnesota fans who have never watched the Wolves before who are going to say, well, I got nothing else to watch this winter. Let's tune in. And they're going to be like, wow, I like that we got this Ricky Rubio guy. That's fun. But don't you feel like the fans, kind of like the casual basketball fan in Minnesota, mm-hmm. maybe they like the Gophers a little bit more, you know, the, <laughs> not the NBA diehards like you right. and I, not like all the Wolves fans who are listening to this podcast, because you're a diehard if you're listening to this podcast, of course. you know, for the more casual guys, I feel like they're kind of like, oh, we got, we like the big men who can defend, you know, we got to play gritty, tough-nosed basketball, they don't like the guys who don't defend, and they don't like guys who are all about shooting, no defense, all the flashy razzle-dazzle, that's not what the casual Minnesota basketball fan is going <laughs> to be interested in. Minnesota, I thought you were going to say, like, oh, they're going to like the offense no I, I think that they're just gonna be like they're gonna turn their nose up at this team and be like they're not gonna get why there's a reason to invest in guys who shoot the lights out but can't play defense they're not gonna understand that they're gonna be like why don't we have more big men who can play defense You're and control it's like the a paint? minnesota thing yeah, yeah i yeah. think that this style of play will not avail itself to hmm. casual basketball fans of minnesota i think it might hurt the team so that's why i am worried yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're down as worried. As this as this uh, says, you know, worried or not worried, they will have a bottom five defense. Yeah, if you think they're going to have a bottom five defense, then you're worried. And, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Also worried. Put me down for worried on this one. You know, they just didn't do much to, you know, to fix this issue. And uh, the only way I feel like they do not have a bottom five defense is with some miraculous internal improvement. Now, some internal improvement can happen, but for it to really rise up into like league average levels, Towns is going to have to become a new player. Uh, you know, Russell's going to have to, uh, you know, give a crap on that end. Uh, you know, you're just going to have to have these guys, and I just don't know. Obviously, you have good defenders on this team uh, in Okogi and Culver and, you know, Rubio, but, you know, to a lesser extent. But, you know, but Col- you know, Culver and Okogi, obviously, their issues are on the other end of the ball. So it's like, okay, what do we do here? So it's going to really all be about the mix. And it does seem like, 
the front office and the coach have, uh, you know, really, you know, kind of they've gotten into this idea of, you know, we're leaning into offense defense be damned and i it, we it's yet to be seen how that will all shake out as far as minutes go but it sure does seem like you know just getting by on defense is going to be okay one so. interesting point i did here and i will talk a little bit more about dane's most recent uh dane moore also has a great podcast on canis hoop and give it a listen and oh yeah it's all in the family uh they he was talking on his most recent podcast about there is a style of defense this team might be able to play. We are mm. not the kind of brutish defense that can take a hit and stand, build a wall, you know. Yeah. But there is a kind of defense that like the Houston Rockets played. Disruptive defense where you're all scrambling, you're doubling people, you're Gambling. jumping past lanes, you're getting steals, creating yeah. turnovers, and even if you can't protect the rim, you're you're creating enough chaos that you can be an effective defense. And I do think we have kind of the players for that because we got yeah. Rubio he's got his hands and everything yeah. and I think that you know Layman Culver's great of, at that too yeah exactly Culver's great in the passing lanes so I do think that there is a possible world where we embrace that and then we could rise out of the bottom five but that's the only hope yeah we'll see we'll see all right next one Scott help me David Vanterpool you're my only hope <laughs> all right next one Neil are you worried with all these guards all these wings Ooh. Are you worried that there will be a pecking order, playing time issues? Are feelings going to get hurt? Are people going to be upset with the minutes they're getting on this team? Wow. Yeah, pecking time, playing playing time. There is a log jam, as we mentioned. That's a, that's a fun term for it. And, uh, yeah, I do think I am worried about that uh, being an issue, you know, because, you know, I don't know. At some point, this is hard because we don't know sort of what the dialogue behind the scenes are as far as what's been, you know, told to, you know, Beasley as he's signing this new contract and Russell as he's traded to be here and stuff like that. So, you know, there are some possibilities of, uh, you know, okay, these guys, you know, have have been told to, you you know, potentially prep for, you know, some differences. But. But as it seems from the outside, Russell is coming into this thinking he's the lead guard. You know, no one else is, you know, he's going to be the one, you know, commanding the ball all the time. But it just seems at this point, like the Wolves have so many guys who need the ball in their hands. And, uh, you know, they're they're not, uh, a lot of these guys aren't just like super young anymore. They're not like rookies and sophomore players who are like going to take their lumps and understand their place in the league. It's like all these guys, you know, if you, especially if you're just talking about Towns, Russell, um, Beasley, um, those four guys, especially, you, or those three guys, they're going to, they think that they get their shots and all this stuff. And it's going to be hard to make it all go around, especially with, you know, we don't know about Russell's character so much. We do know about Beasley's character and we kind of wonder about that. You know, how is he going to? take that you know last year was a gift he got to be traded to this team and get all the lion's share of minutes and take all the shots you want hey you're starting get and in he there he did take those and shots. he did he took those shots and, and he made they, a lot of those shots in. he yeah, made a to, case for himself his, yeah to his to his uh to his uh credit they went in but uh this is going to be a different year and 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 people need to be reminded that especially with this uh guard log jam uh this is one of the most interesting things about this team this year carl anthony towns is your best player by far Far. It's not even close between him and Russell at this point. And True. it's going to be so interesting to see what happens to his usage. That could be, could have been a worry, not worried for us this yeah. week. Town's well, usage going down. You have to down. think it's going to go down. Ugh. There's no way it can and, go and, up. And it's not. It's really hard to compare centers and guards from that, right? Towns isn't bringing the ball up. It's, it's hard. But, but he's definitely a guy you can run the offense through. You have through. to run the offense through him. That is the point, yes. So I'm, I am worried that all these things are going to kind of bubble up, and I'm not sure Ryan Saunders is the guy to do it. I, I know he's the kumbaya young dude player's coach potentially, but I don't know that he holds the gravitas with these guys um, to be able to kind of put them in their place and be like, too bad, this is how we're doing it. So this is one of the most fascinating, I think, plot of this entire season what do you think worried or not worried scott i'm worried i think also as high as we were on rubio coming in it's one of those things where if you are running the offense through towns like we want it to be ricky's not the right guy to have on your team because i mean he's better at off ball than he was when he was here he's Mm -hmm. a better you know shooter than when Mm -hmm. he was here before threes yeah but ricky's at his best when you're running the offense through him and i think d'angelo also would rather have the offense be run through him and beasley is also going to want touches so i think towns gets less touches and that's going to be worse for our team it's going to be worse for our offense and it's going to be worse for towns's attitude Yeah. So that's bad. That's a lot. And the only way I can see there being enough minutes to go around is if we play super small all year. Because, mm. you know, right. the two people O'Kogi we aren't even talking about is Josh Okogie Edward, and that Jared kind of Colbert. Stuff. Yeah. You know, these are yeah. the two people who are probably losing the most minutes. 
and that's going to be terrible for their development. You know, you got to give them have playing time. And even if their playing time is coming at the three and the four, does that hurt their development to be so overmatched and out of position? You know, I know positions are meaningless. It's all about who you can guard. But, you know, if if we're going small and Culver and Colgi are just getting destroyed out there yeah. in their very limited minutes, I think Culver needs time to figure it out. And to a lesser Culver, extent, yeah. I think... Okogi, we need to give him minutes because he's such a good defender. But I think he kind of knows who he is a little bit more. I think Culver's still really figuring out his place in oh, this yeah. league. And so if we just decide, and some people will say, punt on Culver. That's 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 it, you know? And it seems like the Timberwolves might even agree with that with some of the trade rumors, the rumors we heard. Yeah. But uh, Culver is also, you know, a big part of this team if we want it to be successful going forward. And if we want to get the most out of him, I just don't see how there's enough minutes to go around. I, like I said, there's Ricky <laughs> Beasley... D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, all those guys are expecting, you know, what, 30 minutes a night? Yeah, and yeah, something like that. You can't do that, you know? And so yeah. I guess Okogi and Culver could split the three and get a little bit of the four, but it's just, it's it's going to cause hurt feelings. It's going to cause some issues with development yeah. you know, issues for these players. Because also, yeah, Anthony Edwards, you he needs time out there too to figure stuff out. So um, it's going to be a big problem. I think the only silver lining of this problem is you could say, this is a weird season, shortened, more games per week. These guys need to rest more. And I think that that can, will be the good hide news. behind that a little bit, right? Yeah. And I do think <laughs> it'll be best for the players in the long term to totally. give them enough rest and be cautious with injuries. If someone's got a little injury, you don't have to say, oh, you got to tough it out tonight. Right. You can say, no, take this one off. We're playing yeah. four games a week this yeah. season. And we have guys who can really step up for each role. So, um once again, this is maybe one of those questions we'll look back and laugh at if we have as many injury issues as we did last year. <laughs> We're going to be like, remember when we worried we had too yeah. many players? <laughs> We're calling up six G League guys. You know, yeah, We got all these two Keelons back. You know, like, yeah. uh, So it could be something where, you know, knock on wood, I guess it's a good thing to be saying we have so many guys who deserve time. True. It's an issue. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to cause problems. So I am more worried than I am not worried. All right, next one here, Scott. Worried or not worried about this team lack of flexibility going forward especially as it you know kind of talking about how it pertains to you know signing free agents and making moves kind of in uh, the next for the next seasons going forward i'm not worried not worried i'm not worried i think that you know we're in a better place than we were last off season you know <laughs> when you look at people like we were like we have this wiggins contract oh. We're Gorgie, just going to be Gorgie. We've got all these terrible contracts. Oof. We're just going to be sunk. And yes, we did have to give up some assets to get those guys, get rid of those guys. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think Rosas and Gupta are creative enough with trades and they're tenacious enough about going after trades that if they want to get flexibility, they can find a way to get flexibility. Now, having said that, they weren't able to get under the luxury tax last year. So what's that about? You know? Yeah. Evan uh, Turner hanging around. Yeah, still, so, still on the team. So weird. So <laughs> I think that, you know, there's there's uh, cause for concern. Obviously, you would like to be able to, uh, you know, be more flexible than we are right now. And also, like I said, if you overpaid on Beasley and you overpaid on Wancho and you think, well, we're going to fit them into a trade with Rubio or something to swing for a star. Well, then you're going to have to throw in another first round pick. And, you know, we got, we're we not in a position to be trading first round picks all the time. So I think it's going to be problematic because well, like, we, we're, we're in agreement. This team's not making the playoffs. Right. So that's a lottery pick we're giving up to the Warriors next year. You know, so it's right. like, uh, you know, but I'm overall not worried because I do think this front office is creative enough to find ways to create flexibility. Yeah, I got to agree with you. Not worried on this one. You know, it's it's uh, but it's kind of a little more specific than that. You know, I think we kind of talked about it earlier as far as the free agents are not walking through that door. So you got to find other ways to do that. And although you don't have cap space uh, for 2021 at this point now with taking on Rubio and, you know, signing these these other guys and stuff like that, uh, what you do have is trade chips. You know, you can think of them as that. You know, Rubio could be, could be used in that. Even Beasley could be somebody, you know, at $15 million a year that could be used in a potential deal for whoever, even if it's not like a star player or something, just somebody who makes more, I guess. you got to be able to match that salary. And so flexibility, I think, is is the term here where, you know, I do think they have a lot of moves to make potentially, even with these signings. So just because you sign a guy and they're on your books for multiple years, that can be actually be a way that you can be flexible. And obviously, I think Rosas and, and Gupta and these guys, they understand that. You know, they understand the market they're in. They understand this isn't Houston, where they came from and that kind of thing. So uh, I think they've done a good job 
of, you know, you know, you could argue with, you know, the whole James Johnson thing. You should have kept that chip and you should have, you know, used it this year or something like that. But really what they did with Rubio is kind of punt that one year down the road so that this is someone who can be traded next year, uh, next summer or something like that, even trade deadline 2022 as, uh, you know, someone who could be moved. So I think they're fine as far as flexibility goes, even if you don't have traditional cap space. But as we've talked about, that's not the most valuable thing for the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. The only worry is that these assets we have, you'll get diminishing returns the more you move yeah. them. It's kind of like yeah. a JPEG saved as a JPEG, and over time, it's just that that image gets all you know pixelated. Well, it could get know? hurt, you know, because it could be a catastrophic injury. You know, someone could yeah. blow their Achilles or something dumb like that. Like all that stuff is definitely possible, I guess. And yeah, I guess all you need is a leap forward from anyone like Culver or Beasley or Wancho to make this look. You know, someone's silly, going to. You know? Someone's gonna. Yeah. It would be nice for a player to get better when during their time with the Timberwolves <laughs> for a change. You know. Yeah, yeah, really, really grow rather than like Wiggins is just like sort of staying the same like forever. <laughs> the only, I mean, the only guys who have gotten better in a Timberwolves jersey are like Kevin Towns, Love, Towns, yeah, Peck. <laughs> yeah, really. So. so, yeah, not not too worried about the flexibility going forward because you know they can trade these guys. It's all good. All right, now, well, final question of worry, not worried for this week, so you can choose what to be worried about or not, is, you know, the one thing that we do know about this upcoming season is there are not going to be fans, Oh, at least to start, probably not for the entire time. Yeah. Um, who knows if not playing in a bubble will work out, but there's not going to be fans. And that's definitely going to be a hit to the, everyone who makes their money within arena entertainment. DJ Mad Mardigan, hopefully you get a stimulus package going for oh. you, my friend. Timberwolves dancers, are they are they going to be around? Who knows? And halftime shows, wow. kiss them goodbye. R.I.P. to Quick Change, by the way. Uh, Rest in real. peace. That yeah. broke my heart, everyone. Yeah, one of the best, one of the best halftime acts in the league. But also in that in great game ca- entertainment category, are you worried, Neil, about the mascots of the world? Are you worried about Crunch feeling feeling the you know unemployment? that might be caused by not having fans to come up and give them high fives in the arena. You know, it does seem like it's bleak for mascots, Scott, but I'm going to say I'm not worried about this. I think, you know, Crunch and the other mascots, they're going to find a way, you know. Uh, They are going to uh, take opportunities uh, as they do, you know, when there's no games happening. You know, Crunch, Crunch operates as Crunch even in the summer. You know, even in even in the fall, you know, going to events, going to charity functions, you know, going to, you know, private parties and stuff like this. Crunch, it's it's more what I'm trying to say is the mascot gig is more than just the in arena experience. Sure, that's a big part of it. But I got to think they're going to they're going to find ways to integrate these uh, these entertainers into the you know into the tv broadcast potentially into maybe some season ticket holder or sort of you know social media stuff like that so definitely things are going to be different but i i gotta i gotta think that this is going to be more of an opportunity uh for these mascots to kind of flex what they're about and to find new ways to entertain the masses with their uh antics and to uh kind of show off what they got so i'm very hopeful that there's a additional work still coming for the mascots even though they can't operate in an arena packed full of people uh but we'll see about that i have no idea what crunch's plans are scott uh, wh- what do you think are you worried about crunch and the mascots i'm terribly worried you oh, know? Oh. this is this is yeah this is trouble with a capital t my friend oh man this is we need congress to pass some debt relief <sighs> some stimulus for mascot the, stimulus. mascots of the world we oh. need it i'm going to be lobbying congress hopefully glenn taylor will you know throw his money around yeah. to support crunch through this year because one Crunch, you know, that's a wolf living paycheck to paycheck. True. There's not enough wildlife in the Twin Cities for him to feed himself if he's not being able to spend that money. You know, I know he gets a discount at Cub because they sponsor the wolves. But oh, yeah. You mean High V? sorry. High V. wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the See? official grocer of the Minnesota I saw a fox on my way over here. <laughs> what? Yeah, I saw a fox wow. in the tree. So maybe, maybe there's some food out there for Crunch. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, he needs his strength. This mm. guy is... Doing somersaults off trampolines, dunking athletically. He needs his strength. He needs his cherry berry. He can't go to the gym anymore. You know, the gyms are all shut down. And so he's just going to be wasting away and he can't do his stunts. And we know that if you're not pushing the envelope with the stunts, you're falling behind. And with no fans, we're not going to see air crunch. We're not going to see chomper. He's going to lose his athleticism. Yeah, there's there's no reason to go sledding down the stairs when no one's there, you know. And so I just think that he's going to lose his touch. He's going to lose, you know, body mass. He's going to lose. And then with all that loss, Neil, because Crunch 
is a person or a wolf uh, who draws his energy from the fans. Right, you can right. tell that the fans are the reason he has for living. So I'm just worried that Crunch is going to get depressed. He's going to get those winter blues, you know. Hopefully he buys a happy light. He's never seen a season like this where he didn't get cheers from thousands of people uh, on a, like every other night basis. So you can go out there on the camera and you can stunt and try to bring that energy. But I, I think we're going to see the energy just drop off as he wastes away this season. Not not mm-hmm. having the fans there, I think he's probably going to get into a big funk. We're going to have depressed Crunch. And then what oh, happens no. when you have a depressed mascot? That mascot loses their jobs. And then all of a sudden Crunch you know, is, is living in MLK Park right by my house. Well, not my, my old home, Your you old know, home, yeah. in those tents. And so I'm worried about Crunch, and I just hope that he can stay strong and that, once again, Congress takes this stuff seriously and passes the mascot stimulus program ASAP. Wow. That, that was impassioned. That was incredible. I, I really hope that we don't see the demise of the mascot position because of this. It could you happen. Know? I mean, what if what if, what if we, thing we what lose? If, what if we come out of COVID and it's, uh, you know, hologram mascots all the way from here on out? Yes, we're living, but what are we really living for at that point? Man, think about the mascots in your life, you guys. Please uh, lobby your senators and you know, you know, people in politics to uh, help out these folks. Entertainers need some help, you guys. Okay. Do you know how much money it takes to buy a mask to fit over a big nose like that? Ugh. He needs that money. He doesn't. He can't afford the PPE. Gotta stay safe out here too. All right, that does it for worried, not worried. Let us know what you think about these topics. Are you worried? Are you not worried? And, uh, yeah, please give generously to uh, Crunch, uh, Venmo him some cash because, uh, you know, he's, he's needy out here. Mm-hmm. He's too proud to ask. Yeah, he would never ask. Never, never would. Um, you know, you think of all the sponsorships he has, but really, it's, it's tough out here for masks. You're going to be going to, like, Salvation Armies around here and seeing, like, Triple XL like Crunch jerseys. You're gonna be like, oh, no. who donated this Crunch jersey? <laughs> who needed the money? Number one and one point three. Who who, who could who this was be? that? Who was that? All right, uh, let's get to uh, weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your weekly Wolfie. All right, it's weekly Wolfies. That's our weekly award. They're called Wolfies. We're giving uh, out to. Uh, any reason we see fit. Sometimes they go for good things, sometimes for bad things. Some things, it's just lateral. It's not good or bad. It's just weird. It's just, you know, notable. But mostly, almost always, they have something to do with this fine sport of basketball or Mm -hmm. the Timberwolves organization or uh, the fans who have come to love this team. So with that in mind, Neil, who is your Wolfie winner for this week? Absolutely. I would love to give my uh, weekly Wolfie to uh, a member of the Timberwolves staff who has served for, I believe, two decades um, as the director of live entertainment and programming. His name is Chad Fokelstad, and uh, this is somebody who works behind the scenes, although they Chad also worked right at midcourt courtside. He would sit next to the PA announcer and uh, kind of tell them what to read and and uh, cue things uh, that would happen during the during the game, whether it be on the on the big screen or whether it would be uh, you know a dance team coming out or something like that. Chad was behind it all. Uh, I never really got to speak to Chad, but I always followed him on Twitter and always was very interested in this position uh, coming from you know I'm a entertainer and you know I'm in uh, live music and stuff like that and I love the show element of anything like this so always very interested in, in the person you know putting on the show i mean this is somebody you know our show wolfcast here you know like we just heard about it we're very passionate about mascots we're very passionate about halftime shows bring back the klondike challenge <laughs> oh wow it's been a while yeah cherry berry uh, same thing where'd that go it's gone um i hated cherry berry yeah there's yeah. no cherry berries around here but all this stuff is kind of like you go to these games and it's like, oh, yeah, there's a basketball game happening. But there's also a whole other world of stuff and people working who don't even know what's going on on the court because they have jobs to do. And they're running promotions and they're interviewing people and they're, you know, making sure that the kids go out to you know sing the national anthem. And the person comes out to be honored as a you know service person in the military and stuff like that. So it's like there's all this other stuff. Chad used to run it. He is going away. I, I don't know if he found another team. I would imagine this is just like, hey, we're not having fans in the, in the yeah. building so sorry so maybe he'll come back uh, you know next year or something like that but just wanted to shout out chad for all his years all the some of a lot of the things we talk about i feel like a lot of the music we hear in in target center a lot of the things we love about the in-game experience even if it's kind of repetitive and we've kind of like kind of really just internalized the sort of beats of the entire game um i feel like a lot of this came from him and it just i think there's going to be a very different target center experience whenever we get back there uh without the person at the top 
stop kind of running it. So it'll be interesting to see what comes next. But uh, shout out to Chad for a lot of time working in uh, in the Twin Cities here and uh, running the live entertainment and programming for the Wolves. Nice work and uh, excited to see what, what happens next and what happens for that sort of stuff for the, for the Wolves next. I like that Wolfie Neal, very unsung yeah. hero. I didn't yeah. even, I've never even thought about who's in charge of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Someone's making decisions. I, I thank you for bringing it to our attention. Totally. That was good. And as for my Wolfie, I was busy this week. Didn't have a lot of time to pay attention to NBA stuff. Oh, yeah. That's moving. 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 You know? you a new a home. Move. New home, Scott. So, uh, but I will say, you know, I, during the move, you know, I cleaning up some of the old place by myself you know packing boxes yeah. good to have a podcast or two to listen to and great I, time for podcasts. i really was locked in this week on dane moore's most recent podcast he had our guy Britt robson the best timberwolves writer best person to cover the timberwolves i love following his stuff oh yeah returns to the saddle at the athletic after oh, taking some time off you know right yeah uh He's and got a, got a piece about the moves so yeah we'll link that in the show notes got a little controversial yeah, uh, piece this week i like it i don't mind it. i loved it because yeah. he pushed back against what i thought and he made a good points or not just a good point lots of good points oh, yeah. i think some of what we talked about definitely was brought to our attention by brit mm-hmm. and he's not as gun ho about the ricky rubio stuff as i am and i'm super gun ho about that but he did yeah. make me think wow i didn't consider these angles and of course if you get him on the athletic you're gonna just learn so many new words we've always <laughs> said that we love all the le- words we learn because he's so verbaceous yes. and he and i saw on twitter he was like some people are saying that like i write this with a source and i want to say don't be defensive we love you for that. That's my favorite thing about reading you. Absolutely. I, at least two or three times per article, I have to go back and reread a sentence just because of the rhythm and the flow and the word choices. It's just a thing of beauty. I don't I, I don't read enough smart stuff because I'm not a smart enough guy to go out and find that stuff where I'm like reading like highbrow stuff. But that's what it feels like. Well, I have, like, and, and I've seen approach. this too. I've even seen some people at Reply. I'm saying like, oh, you know, I don't like Briz too. You know, the, I feel like he goes out of his way to like pick all these words. And, and to me, I think about it like, playing sports or trying to get better at a thing of like you get better by playing people who are better than you like if you start about playing pickup basketball you don't get better by playing people worse than you you get better by playing people who are better than you and it's the same as far as like reading goes right mm-hmm. i want to read words that i've never heard before right and i want to see them put in different like sentences and stuff so i'm not trying to it's like it's not even big yeah. words too it's the big words that flow into other big exactly. words like it, there's a rhythm into it that not a lot I of want writing that. does i want to be challenged it's i want style, to see this you stuff. know along with the information because a lot of sports writers it's just the information delivery you know right Right, but he's back. He's back at the athletic. The podcast. The podcast is out. R.I.P. to the, also, the Britain like, Brow show. I was thinking about that today. So good. We need that. We're I, missing the lefty I, politics. I, I love the lefty politics that were on all the episodes. Uh, but you know, for people who think he's just sitting there, right clicking on every word and going to thesaurus. Uh, no. I mean, we've had him on the pod a few times. That's how he speaks normally. Yeah. He, the, off the cuff, he'll be saying something yeah. on the pod, and I'll be like. That's a Brit sentence of the week. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, that's a Brit paragraph of the week. So mm-hmm. always a joy. And this most recent podcast was uh, a lot in there. Dane and him have a really good chemistry. Uh, they are not afraid to mm-hmm. push back on each other and challenge each other. And I think that is super fun to listen to. And it really helped me with my move this week, being able to listen to that and just get a kick out of that. So I'd recommend everybody listen to Dane's most recent podcast. And of course, subscribe to The Athletic. I say the uh, I, I subscribe because of Brit Robson. That's worth the price of admission. Then everything else is just gravy that's the main reason you plus know? you're a big gleeman you got gleeman in there big gleeman fan yeah, uh, johnny k is our yeah. tim rolls guy and also you know eno saris with the fantasy baseball stuff Ooh, yeah it's it's a good thing and you know i think it's worth the money so absolutely i'd recommend if you can good holiday gift for someone in your life as well if you're looking for if you're shopping already for for kick, holidays kick you know? a few dollars to the athletic yeah. kick a few dollars to crunch yeah there you go all right that's weekly wolfie's for you this week, let's uh, let's let's get into a little game, Sky. Here, what you got? What you got this week for a game for us? You know, because it's not that's their thing. It's, I say us because you're quizzing me, but you listening to this, get in here as well. Try to shout right. out the answer, or try and think of it. You know, potentially before I answer. If you need more time, you can slow down the pod. <laughs> yeah, pause if, it. If you think Neil's taking too long, you can speed up the fast pod, forward. It, you yeah. know, yeah. Sometimes I need some extra time. You but know? it's so good to how, exercise your brain muscles every week. See mm-hmm. how you're doing. Uh, this week, Neil, it's a game that I did not invent. Uh, you know, I think NBA on TNT is a little overrated these days. Yeah. I think it's gone down. It's fallen off a little bit. You mean inside? Inside yeah. the NBA, yeah. yes. Yeah. I don't watch it as much as I used to. It right. used to be must-see television. Uh-huh. Now it's kind of cringy sometimes. Yeah, they re-signed Shaq, by the way. So. Oh, terrific. Anyways, <laughs> razzle-dazzle. 
Uh, this is a game they invented called Who He Play For. Oh, Who He Play For. Which is good. I love it. Still a good segment. Still a good one, yeah. Because they ask ask Chuck, Chuck. who does this guy play for? And he has no (laughs) idea who half these players are. Oh, man. I feel like I'm going to do worse than Chuck right now. I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know about this. I thought this might be harder when I came up with the game. It's Uh, Chuck's job to know this, though. Come on. But, Neil, this is Who He Play For Timberwolves edition. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to ask you about a few former Timberwolves. And I'm going to have you tell me who you play for. Now, I considered going a little further with this because there is a large portion of former Timberwolves players who are playing overseas, mostly in China. <laughs> but after quizzing you about international basketball last week or two weeks ago. I'm not good. Yeah, the, the Australian teams, I don't, I don't have any frame of reference there. New Zealand so. breakers. Uh, right. <laughs> so we're just going to stick to some some Wolves who are now okay. playing on different teams in the NBA. Okay, are these recent? These must be. because Most of is, these are recent. Yeah, Most right. of these are recent. Uh, let's get it started off an easier one, though. Not, not quite as recent. Right. Uh, he played half a season here before we traded him for KG. Can you tell me what team does Thaddeus Young play for? Ooh, Thaddeus Thaddeus Young is currently a Chicago Bull? Is that right? Hey! That's right, Neil. There it is. I think last year you could maybe make the argument that the Chicago Bulls had the most former Timberwolves of any other team. They had Levine, they had Thad, you know, they had uh, our next guy. It's coming up. Chris Dunn. No longer a Chicago Bull. Who do Chris Young play for? <laughs> Who he play for? Chris Dunn just signed a two-year deal with Atlanta. That's correct. You Poor know. guy. They also signed Rondo, and they also uh, signed Bogdanovich. Yeah. Well, Trey and, Young. And playing behind all those guys. Yeah. yeah I'm think, just saying in the guards, he's yeah, like yeah. buried now. I do think there is a role for him, though, especially if you think Rondo's not going to play every game. You know, I think oh, yeah. that he's the yin to Trey Young's yang. Totally. Where all defense. All defense, no offense, That's you know? Right. And, yeah. and Trey is the opposite way. So there could be a world where that works. Yeah. I'm re- I, I'm I love watching him. him play defense. Yeah, he's, you know? he's so to unique. This day. Very unique. Amazing. Uh, all right. So let's continue moving on. I, by the way, I think that the team that has the most former Wolves now is the Grizzlies. Interesting. But uh, I probably Gorgi, do some Gorgi research. Gorgie and Tyus. Yeah. They also had another one, Anthony Tolliver, last year. We'll see where he ends up. But anyways. That uh, would be some fun trivia for me to research for a future week. I'll let you know, everybody. I'll either tweet it out or bring it up on the pod. Neil, uh, this uh, a recent move within the past couple days. Former Wolf, Kata bates Diop signed a two-way contract. Ooh. With was, what team? Uh, ooh, I'm not totally sure about this one. Was it San Antonio? Yes. That's right. Yeah, okay. The Spurs continue to make winning moves. I love KVD. everything they're doing. They got they got Vassal, they got Trey Jones, Trey Jones and now they got KVD on the two-way. <laughs> Trey Jones. Oh, man. I'm going to love watching some Spurs games. Uh, yeah. All right, Neil. Two more. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier on the show. Jeff Teague. Oh. Former Timberwolves point guard. Happy he's not here. Now he's a problem for the fans of what team? He signed a deal with the Boston Celtics. Coming off yes. the bench behind Kemba. Minimum? I think uh, it was a minimum. I'm pretty uh, sure probably, it was a minimum deal. I, w- yeah. I want to give him more. Jeff Teague's at that point in his career. Whew. Made but a lot of money in his career. That, he's, he's doing okay. For that price, though, you might be getting the good Jeff Teague. Enough nights of the yeah. season. Who else do they have at the guard? Kemba and... Uh, I mean, they've got Tatum and Brown. I'm saying who's else Oh, Marcus the guard Smart. There? Yeah, Smart. Yeah, yeah so, so he's got two guys in front of him. They got guys, yeah. All right, Neil, finally... Uh, well, I got a bonus question after this, but our last player, at least is uh, the man with the golden arm, former Timberwolf, Wayne Ellington. What <laughs> what team does Wayne Ellington play for? Oh, I saw he signed today, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was, was it the Detroit Pistons signed him today. Yes. Wow. Perfect perfect run, Neil. Love Wayne. You, I got a Wayne jersey. got a Wolves Wayne jersey upstairs. Which number? So, uh, <laughs> you wore two different Wolves. 19? Yeah, two different numbers with the Wolves. Yeah, but, uh, yeah always loved Wayne. So glad to see he's finding somewhere. He's going to get run in Detroit. They have all those big guys. They're going to need some shooting to space it out. Yeah, so. I think so. They just have like D-Rose. Yeah. And, yeah, another former Wolf. That's right two there. former Wolves. Yeah. I wonder if they have a third. <laughs> all right, Neil. And then our, my final question, who he coached for? <laughs> Fan favorite, Corey Brewer, is making his way into oh, the coaching ranks. Yeah. He is now an assistant coach or a development coach 
for a franchise. Do you know what franchise that is? He signed up with the Pelicans. Fly, Pelican, fly. That's right, the Pellies. Yeah, sort of near his home of uh, Tennessee, I guess. Kind of in, in It's all in the in, south. In the you zone. Know? Yeah, yeah it's down the, there. That's southern cooking. It's great. I love it. I never thought of Corey as a coach. I don't know why. There's no reason you can just look at a guy and know why they would be a coach. But I, don't I know. feel like he could still lace them up, so I bet he's awesome in practice, you know, running against the starters and stuff. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I, that you know that guy can do can dunk Corey. easily still to this day. Best one of the best smiles in Timberwolves history as well. Oh, fantastic! I think it's like if you have like an energy guy, you don't think of them as like a coach, right? Like uh, you think of like the sort of like point guard, yeah. like backup point guard, like reads the game. That's more or of like the coach type or former something. big man who knows the post moves. Yeah, and the right. They're specialists. Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't get the energy guy. <laughs> Yeah, raw energy, wiry wing dude is not like your your typical like ex player into a coach. But hey, Corey's That's breaking mold is what he does. NBA champion, two time college champion. He's a big he's a big winner. He knows big, how big winner out here. Awesome, good game, you guys. Good game, Scott. Um, yeah, lots of wolves out there. They're they're circling. They're they're cycling through. I guess AT as you mentioned, I, unsigned. There's a well, couple uh, unsigned. All yeah. Taj unsigned. Yeah, Chabaz unsigned. There's so many unsigned uh, wolves I would right pick now. Up Napier. Someone's got to pick up. There Napier. were a lot when I was doing the research where I was like, oh, this guy's on an NBA team, and it was like he's either a free agent or kind of in that NBA limbo, one foot out of the league. One foot in the league. And then, like I said, tons of former Wolves in China right now. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, well, we mentioned, you know, J-Mac. Someone go sign J-Mac. But I would actually sign Shabazz, you know, uh, instead of J-Mac. That's someone I would put ahead of him who doesn't have a deal yet. So yeah. Napier, I think, I'd rather have than, than J-Mac. But, you know, McLaughlin's a little bit younger. You know, maybe you want to go with a younger dude or something like that. Would you so. rather have Glenn Robinson the third uh, Than Napier? Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, you know, they play different positions. That's tough, but generally, I think Glenn Robinson the third's more valuable because he's a wing. Yeah, you know, he, we don't need like another two, point three. guard. We don't need another guy. Oh, for the wolves, yeah. yeah, for the wolves, I'd rather have one of the point guards. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, we'll see. No, I'd rather not have a point guard for the wolves because we already got point guards. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah give me, I get you. I got you. Yeah. All right. That does it for Wolves Cast this week. Happy Be- holidays, everybody. Before we sign there, off, we yeah. want to send off some uh, some former oh, players. Yeah, we got some drops. We're not going to send off McLaughlin yet because it still could happen. It could still happen, but. We have a couple guys who are definitely not with the Wolves next year, so we're going to play some of their drops before we delete them off the board. Yeah, who do we got here? Who do you want to go with first? Uh, this is a James Johnson quote, everybody. Okay. I'm Here's embracing the cold. <laughs> embracing the cold. James Johnson now with Dallas. He, he, got, he got moved around a lot yeah. this offseason, but uh, we'll see if he sticks with Dallas there. That's James Why not? Johnson. He's an expiring. He, he can still do some good stuff on the court. He's you a know? big body. We, we, he was really good for the Wolves. Yeah, right? exactly. Like it's just he's overpaid. Forward, all, you, know? you know, good defender, good energy guy. Yeah. And for Dallas, the most important thing is he's expiring contract. Boom. They yep. need that Giannis money. And then, of course, uh, we had a lot of fun with this one. And Martin keeling it right now. Oh, we got to love Dave Benz, always with the puns. Keeling me softly. Loving it. Keeling me softly. So, Keelan Martin waived by the Wolves? That was, that wait, was Well, happening? we rescinded our qualifying offer okay. to him. So, so yeah, the Wolves looking for bad, new probably. two-way guys. Do they have one two-way? I think uh, who's, yes. the, who's the kid we are talking about last week? He's uh, I forget his name already, yeah. but he was from Kentucky, sophomore from Kentucky, who yes. is... All defense, kind of a Chris Dunn type, you know. Yeah, All defense, he's one no of the offense. two ways, and then I guess they have another one to fill. So, yeah. so we'll see. see Maybe J Mac. Oh, man, J Mac's got to get a real deal. It's just tough. It's a tough position, yeah. you know. Like you said, Shabazz is also out there and not yeah. getting signed. And there's only so many spots. There's only so many spots. It's, a, it's tough. So we'll see who comes back and who doesn't come back. Uh, Neil, are we dropping this on Thanksgiving or are we oh yeah, Friday? it's coming out Thanksgiving. All right. Thanksgiving well, happy Day. Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, you pace yourselves. Remember, leftovers are great. So even if you're sad you didn't get a bite of that apple, that, that thing, or the bite of that turkey, as it may be. It's going to be just as good the next day, everyone. So uh, don't go to stores on Black Friday and uh, support Crunch, <laughs> support Canis Hoopus. Thanks for having us, Canis Hoopus. Yeah, and we'll be back next week. And, and when you speak, when we hear, when you hear from us next, training camp will have have started. You know, it's we'll moving be, so fast. We'll be into December. It's our last show for November, and uh, yeah, we'll be into training camp. So we have lots to talk about. We're just going to keep it going throughout the season. So yeah, keep it tuned here to Wolvescast. Check out CanisHoopus.com. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week here on another episode of Wolf's Cast. Jordan, my body wash is completely empty. Your body wash? That old spice with aloe for hydrated and healthy looking skin? That must be for me. My old spice gentleman's blend aloe and wild sage body wash. It, it was full yesterday and now it's completely empty. That's your body wash? And only your body wash? Of course it is. This aloe and wild sage body wash is made for men. 
with sensitive skin. Oh. Oh, what? I thought she got that for me. No, this keeps me smooth on and off the court. Men have skin too. I gotta have my own stuff in the shower. I'm just gonna go get my own Old Spice. I gotta go to Target anyways. You gonna get me some too, right? Jordan! Jordan!